Uh, I want to get to my lesson this way. Uh, I've been waiting to preach this. Sometimes I'm waiting to preach a sermon. I can't get to it. This is one of those ones I was trying to get to. I want to preach it Saturday. I want to preach it Friday. In fact, I want to preach it last Monday because it is the second component of what I started preaching last Sunday. And uh, the thought process is, as we preach this whole year, it's about God's grace. And when you have God's grace, you don't deserve it, you don't earn it, but God gives it to you anyway. We're sitting here today because of God's grace. It's not because we woke up this morning, not because we had some sense, but, but God has caused our golden moments to roll on a little bit longer. And, and, and for many of us, his grace, uh, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, he says, you're saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest anybody should boast. It's because of the grace of God that we're here today. God's grace allows us to live each day. But can I tell you all something? Everybody here is an independent agent. God don't make you obey him. God wants you to obey him. God does not make people do his will. This past week, I got smart nephews, and one of them who goes to college said, Uncle, I want to debate you. I said, okay. I said, this is better than a basketball game because we got on the court, you were eating me up. This is better than going to the baseball field because you'd probably strike me out. But you come to my sweet spot. Debate me about life and about God. He said, this is the trouble I have with, with, with God because the three qualities of God, he's all-powerful, he's all-present, and this is the third one my nephew wanted to debate me on. He's all-knowing. He said that if God knows everything, then we ain't got no choice. And that's why I have my trouble with God, because we don't, we don't have a choice. And I said, man, I'm 40 years uh, older, and I've, I've been to church. This is an easy question. I said, look across to Auntie Brenda, my wife. If we just go to the restaurant today and sit down, uh, she's been married to me long enough. I can pass the menu, and she'll order exactly what I want to eat. I said, if her knowing what I would choose to eat, does that mean I had no choice in choosing what I would eat? She just knows me from a human perspective, knowing that when I go to the restaurant, I order the same thing all the time at certain places I go. I just look at the menu to entertain myself. But I already know what I'm going to have, and I don't even have to tell Sister Gilbert what I'm going to have. She'll tell him what I'm going to eat. She has limited knowledge of me. God has unlimited knowledge of me. But he don't make me do things. So I won that debate. I'm ready for the next one. God has made us free agents to make choices. Every individual. Do you know the only person that you can make a choice for is you? So be, let me bless somebody today. Stop trying to spend all your energy fixing other folk. Need to spend time with energy on fixing yourself because you're the only one you really can help. 
you, you don't want God to get ticked off at you. The story, the sermon I preached last week, if you really want to have some respect and somebody dishonor, just get the copy of the message last week, what happens when God has had enough of you. In the book of 1 Kings, there are two lineages that the Bible talks about. They came from the King Saul, who had the second King David, and David was the one God gave promises to that I'm always going to bless your seed. David had a son by the name of Solomon, who when he became king, God made him the wisest man that ever lived. But Solomon, sometimes too much wisdom makes you dumb. Because he signed up for 700 wives and 300 girlfriends. Can you imagine trying to remember 700 anniversary dates? And they didn't have electronics back then. Can you imagine trying to remember 700 birthdays of 700? You can't even get to the girlfriends. You got 700 wives. You're trying to get the anniversary and the birthdays right. Solomon was a wise man, but sometimes his wisdom hmm, took him too far from God. When Solomon died, his son Rehoboam became king. And Solomon also had a son, Rehoboam, and had a general by the name of Jeroboam. One thing about the Old Testament, um, Brother Patton, as you're reading it, if you get one word right, you can just about get the other word right. Because once you get Rehoboam, and you just had a J, it's Jeroboam. And, and, and so there are two lineages I'm going to talk about just for a moment. And I want to put the lineage of, of Rehoboam, which comes from David, was his grandfather, and the lineage of Jeroboam, who was the general of Solomon. Solomon's son, Rehoboam. Solomon's general, Jeroboam. Now, Rehoboam made a mistake when he became king. He had two advisors, some old folk and some young folk. The young folk, the old folks said, be nice to the people, be kinder than your daddy was, give more holidays, make their taxes less. But the young folks said, you the man. Let folk know you the man. Be tough on the folk. Raise taxes. Tell them that you're going to be harder than your daddy was. When Rehoboam said that, who was the son of Solomon, the grandson of David, Ten of the twelve tribes went with Jeroboam to follow him. Jeroboam became king. God said, look, Jeroboam, I'm going to make you a prince. I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to lift you up. But Jeroboam forgot something that most of us forget. The same God that gives you a blessing. If that blessing is ever taken away, he can bring you another one. The God that gave you the first job can bring you the second job and the third job. The God that brought you the first car can bring you the second car. The God that brought you the first house can bring you the next house. Jeroboam became king of Israel. The problem was church was in Jerusalem, in Judah, where Rehoboam was the king. Two kingdoms existing at the same time. The son and the general, both are kings of the people of God. Jeroboam says, look, if those folk go to Jerusalem, I'm going to lose my kingdom. Folk, let me tell you, don't ever be 
if you do the right thing, God going to bless you to keep your blessing. Jeroboam got nervous and made a church in Dan and a church in the city of Dan and a church in the city of Bethel. Y'all ain't got to go to Jerusalem. Y'all don't have to go to church. That's what I said last Sunday. Some people think they ain't got to go to church. I can look at church on my iPad. I can look at church on my TV. I can look at church from my bedroom. I can go to the bedside Church of Christ. Don't let nobody stop you from doing what God said. I don't need God. I don't need church. I don't, mm -mm, mm -mm. You better get as much church as you can. Jeroboam made two places to worship so he didn't have to go to Jerusalem. And the one he put in Bethel was 12 miles away from the other church that was in Jerusalem. For 19 years, God let him get away with all that craziness. See, when God gets your attention, he knows how to get your attention. Jeroboam's son got sick. He tells his wife, honey, I need you to go to church. Take your tithes with you when you go to church. Take all your tithes and offerings. I want you to put on the disguise so they don't know the queen has come to church because the queen and the king ain't been to church in a long time, 19 years. So she dresses up, brings a lot of tithes and offerings with her to give to church. He, God don't, can I tell y'all something? God, he desires sacrifice. He desires tithes and offerings, but he don't need them. You know why he don't need them? Because he owned them all. The title on a thousand hills, all the gold and all the silver belongs to God. It's like somebody going in your pocket to pay you back. Are you amazed by that? If somebody went in, you're like, I'm going to pay you back. I'm going in your pocket. I, I, that don't get God excited because it already belongs to him. All the gold. So she comes to church dressed up. She brings tithes and offerings. And, and by this time, this is the same preacher that told Jeroboam he was going to be king. Is the same church she goes back. They had not been in. By this time, the Bible says he got cataracts. That's before they had cataract surgery. Couldn't see. But God says she come in the church. And when you hear her footsteps, tell her what I want you to tell him. And the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 14 that when a wife comes in, the preacher said, I got some good news and some bad news. That boy you came to ask me about, he going to die. That's the good news. Because he going to have a funeral. That's the good news. He's going to have a burial. That's the good news. They're going to have a repast for him. That's good news. But everybody else, the dog's going to eat them. And the birds are going to, going to eat the pieces that are left. And by the way, God said, I'm taking out everybody that's peeing, pissing against the wall. That's King James Version. Now, when you look at the, you know, somebody that it doesn't have the vulgar connotation that it had, you know, back, but, but God said that the connotation of those who piss against the wall was that I'm taking out all the males of your family. If you ain't got no males, you're not going to have no descendants because the males carry the seed. Amen. And then he says, I'm a, you know, God in his descriptiveness, when I get to heaven, I got my hundred questions. This is when I'm going to ask them. Lord, in first Kings chapter 14, verse nine and 10, you use urine and feces to describe how you're going to deal with somebody. He said, when I get through killing, I'm going to wipe you away like dung. When God gets ticked off with you, he's treating, mm, I'm going to wipe you away. To ain't no, mm. Every evil king in Israel 
was said to walk in the ways of Jeroboam. Now, let me get to my sermon on this side. Can I talk about the other side of the story for, for today? The other side of the story, just like there are generational curses. Y'all know there are some generational curses. Daddy was a drunk. Son was a drunk. Grandson was a drunk. Daddy was a drug user. Papa was a rolling stone. Son was a rolling stone. Had a whole bunch of rolling stones. There are generational blessings and generational curses. We talked about generational curses through Jeroboam, but let me talk about David's line. David's son was Solomon, and Solomon had a son of Rehoboam who hmm, lost his mind and made a whole bunch of mistakes, and then Rehoboam had a son by the name of Ajihah. That's what we read today in 1 Kings 15. And the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 15, verse number 1, that in the 18th year of the King Jeroboam, that's in the northern kingdom, and you got to read these things clearly, you'll get mixed up. But in the southern kingdom, Judah, Abijam uh, was the king. He reigned uh, three years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Makkah, the daughter of Absalom. And he walked in the sins of his daddy. Who was his daddy? He walked in the sins of Rehoboam. I'm going somewhere. Y'all walk with me for a minute. His mama. See, let me tell you what. In the Bible, you better pay attention when the name of a woman is mentioned. God is making a powerful point. For when you read in the Bible, you see generation after generation, and Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, and they mentioned men, but when a woman is mentioned, you better pay attention. Abijam, who was king, they mentioned his daddy, Rehoboam, and his mother, Micah. And let me tell you what. If you got some righteous parents, you better thank God. But if you got some unrighteous parents, you better get to church. He had two parents that put a fist of rebellion against God. Even when Abijam saw that his brother died, whom they buried, that, 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 um, that, uh, when he saw that the evilness of, I mean, of the tribe that happened with, with Israel in the southern kingdom, Abijah was the great grandson of David. And this is what the Bible says about him in verse 3. And he walked in all the sins of his daddy. Fathers, be careful of the example you give your children. They're going to be just like you. They may not do what you say, but they sure enough going to do like you do. He walked in all the sins of his daddy. Every sin his daddy did, he did. That sounds like time for a spanking from God. He walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him. And Abijam's heart was not perfect with the Lord, his God, as was the heart of David, his father. Now, understand, 
It's a teaching moment. David was not his father. David was his grandfather, great-grandfather. But it says that when somebody's in your lineage, the Bible normally says that's your father. You know, uh, they could be your daddy, your granddaddy, your great-granddaddy. Same thing with a mother, because this is going to be important in this text. When it says mother, it could be your mama or your grandmama or your great-grandmama. Now, let's get to the young man. His great-granddaddy was a great man of God. Y'all feel me in that? And God said, listen to what the text says in the next verse. Verse 4, nevertheless, for his granddaddy's sake. Nevertheless, for his granddaddy's sake. Oh, I like it when I see in the Bible, nevertheless. You've been acting a fool, but nevertheless, because your grandmama. Nevertheless, because your mama. Nevertheless, because your daddy. You get blessings you don't deserve. Nevertheless. I had the illustration this morning, but I'm going to try this for a moment because there are two, at least two special women I know that are here today that are celebrating a birthday. Let me start with the 88-year-old Sister Vera Dixon. Great woman of God in her sickness and weakness. All you hear talk about is the God that has brought her over and the God that's protecting her. Watch this for a moment. I need all her children to stand up for a minute. All her children to stand up. Because I want you all to know today, y'all in Brother Gilbert's sermon today, he's all her children. I said, I asked for the children first, but I got the grandchildren. Let me get the children to stand up. Grandchildren can sit down, but all her children stand up. These are all her children here today. All her children. And I hope y'all come back to church here, y'all in Brother Gilbert's sermon today. Because of her faith, all y'all got a blessing. Whether you deserve it or not, you got a blessing. Whether you walk with God, you're in your faithfulness, or don't walk with God, you got a blessing because of your mama. There are some generational blessings you get because who your mama, grandmama, great-grandmama, generation deep in the Lord, and y'all here today now, let me see the next generation of folk here. You got some grandchildren here. They get some blessings because of the faith of their grandmother. And if she got some great-grandchildren stand up here today, they get blessed because of the faith of their great-grandmother. Brother Gilbert, to you all, don't lose your blessings. Keep the generational blessings of faith that Sister Vera Dixon has. Hold on to God. Never let go. Don't let anybody take you away from the blessings that come from being in the lineage of this woman. You all may be seated. This is unconventional preaching, but I got to do this this morning. 
Sister Iris May, 92 today. Sister Vera Dixon, 88. But Sister Iris May, stand on up if you can. I know she got out the hospital 92 years young. You don't mind standing for a moment, these sisters may just hold on to the bench. Went to the doctor with her when she was having surgery. She walking faster than the preacher, faster than the doctor. She looked over, let me just tell the story. She looked over at the, uh, at the doctor that was going to do her surgery and said, see, when you're 90-something years old, you look at people. They sure look different. That doctor looked like she just got out of high school. <laughs> I said, but we're going to trust the doctor, but we're going to trust the Lord also. Praise the Lord. Amen. Do you have your children? Will, will they stand up that are here today? Your children. She got her children with her today. Y'all look to see our children. Y'all keep standing. Sister May, at 92 years old, when you get ready to sit down, you just sit on down. We got you, okay? You sit on down when you get ready. Brother Gilbert and I going to hold it. But 92 years old, can y'all feel me? You don't be 92 years old, forgive my ebonics, go through surgery about a month ago. Because at 92 years, most 92-year-old people say, I ain't going to have nothing else. It ain't time to do no more cutting, no more nothing. She went to surgery. Not because of the doctor who looked like she was just getting out of high school, but because her faith in God. I'm saying today, there are generational blessings and generational curses. 92 years, she got five children standing here. Do you not know they all are blessed because of her? The blessings that come down in her life has blessed her children. They some smart fellas. I know most of them. I talk to them. They some brilliant guys. They got a lot of knowledge, but the blessings they got spiritually come from God because of mama. Do you have some grandchildren here with you today? Where they stand? And you got some great grands. I see some babies. That got to be great, great grands. Can y'all feel what I'm saying today? When you walk with God, you create generational blessings. The other side of the story. Y'all may be seated. Thank y'all very much. Let me just take, it ain't her birthday, but I'm going to ask my mama to stand. And um, would not be a Christian today. <laughs> My mother and father, I ain't that smart, I ain't that bright. I just got connected with generational blessings that have come over my life. I don't deserve none of the things that happened to me. None of the things happened. A little boy on the south side grew up with a little bit in his pocket. But I had, see, you can, you can have everything in your pocket and still be nothing. 
You can have nothing in your pocket and have everything when you got the blessings from God that roll down from generation to generation. You can have a seat, Mom. There are a lot of people in this church today that are fifth, fourth, third generation. I can just go, I can call the list of this whole church because I've been here long enough. There are some people sitting here today and things are going well, not because you're that great, not because you're that wonderful, but you had some generational blessings that flowed down in your life. And what the preacher is saying, don't let that blessing stop at any generation. Encourage people to walk with God. Encourage people to talk with God. Encourage people to hold on to God. And when you get your blessings, don't think you that great or you that wonderful. It's because somebody went before you who held on to God's unchanging hand and leaned on his everlasting arms, and now you got a blessing. Mm. Last week, I preached hard about when you take God off and you on the punishment end, you on the uh, uh, cursed end of God. I don't ever want to be there. If you're in that place, run to God and start a new generational legacy in your family. Hold on to God so that people under you, people coming behind you will be blessed by you. Oh, I wish I had time to go through this whole church. I would, I would stop by a whole lot of rows of people I see when I remember the Hardens. And, uh, you know, and I just looked over that way and thought of brother and sister Harden. When I looked over to the left, I see the Kennedys. There's a whole bunch of Kennedys here that are here. They ain't, they ain't no... But Mason, my good friend, he, 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 you know, he ain't here because it's it, it blessings from his grandfather. Look at Brother Carter, and he talks about not only physical blessings, but not only I have physical blessings, but I got spiritual blessings. Because my spiritual father was Samuel Jordan, and my spiritual grandfather, Levi Kennedy. Boy, when you double blessed like me, you better say hallelujah, keep your mouth shut, and praise God, and bless as many people as you can. That's what I'm trying to do. Hmm. Please understand, there's a reason people get blessings, and there's a reason people get curses. Don't, 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 God is not a fool. God is, the Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Start, start, reap, start sowing spiritual seeds in your family that not only will you be blessed, but those that come after you will be blessed. Mm, generational. Blessings and generational curses. Let me read this next verse. And this is a hallelujah point, and I just about preach so much. I'm just, I'm just glad I got some generational blessings. I look in this up here, Brother Carl Davis, who buried his father at 90-some years old. Generational blessings go all the way down to Mississippi. Hmm. Sitting next to his, sitting, sitting next to his cousin right here. Uh, generational blessings go all the way back down to Mississippi somewhere. People got, gen Brother Mendenhall, generational blessings. You think any of us get anywhere because we that smart, we that great? That's why I keep coming to church. That's why I keep holding on to God. There are generational blessings we get from walking with God. If you're a first-generation person, you ought to mm, just, if nobody in your family ever been a Christian, you ought to be excited because now you're about to bless some people. <laughs> Let me tell you what the Bible says these last two verses, and I'm finished for today. He says, nevertheless, for David's sake, did the Lord give him a lamp? He didn't even deserve it. 
He didn't earn it, but because of his great-granddaddy was faithful, he got it to his great-grandson. Somebody say amen. To set up a son after him to establish Jerusalem. This is what verse said. Why did God do that? Because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. Turn not aside from anything that God commanded him to do all the days of his life. Save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. I want to drive very slow on this as I take my time. When God looks at David's life, this is what he says. David did everything I asked him to do. Didn't turn aside. He was a man after my own heart. And his heart was perfect toward me. And then God adds an asterisk, only in the case of Uriah the Hittite. Oh, I wish I had a church that could look like God looks at people. See, some of us look at, we don't look at all the good things somebody been doing. We look at the asterisk and say, that, 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 that. that's all we see is the asterisk. Some somebody did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I remember your asterisk. I want to look like God looks at people. Hmm, you didn't serve God, did right, love God, tried to, but you got an asterisk. And, and by the way, all of us got an asterisk. All of us got something somewhere in the past, something we've done, some way we failed God. But if you walk with him, he'll talk about you like he talks about David. He said he did everything except for the case of Uriah. For, for those who don't know, let me give you a three-minute summary of, of Uriah the Hittite. David was a warrior king. Do y'all know what warrior kings do? They go to war. But David decided to take a war off, be on vacation. He stayed home. Idle time is the devil's workshop. He walked on top of the roof of his building. He looked down and he saw a naked woman bathing. And what he should have done he should have turned around, went back in the house, and prayed. Or called his men and said, take me to the battle, because the battle over there is going to be easier than the battle I'm about to face right here. But David made the mistake. He, he told his servant, go get a number. Well, I'm just adding that in because they didn't have no cell phone back then. But, but, but y'all get what I'm saying. He said, go get her number. The king wants to talk with her. After you didn't sit on top of the roof. I, you know, imagine David, when I get to heaven, David, tell me about the story. Uh, did you just go and look? And oh, David said, man, I was standing there for a minute. I looked at her. She took and she bathed everything. I can't believe Brother Gilbert preaching like that on Sunday morning. They had dinner. Nine months later, they had a baby. But in the meantime, when she came back a month later, said, you know what? Uh, something is going on. I think we have another baby. 
David said, where's your husband? He's fighting a battle. He said, let's bring him home and so he can spend a few days with you. So the baby y'all going to have going to be Uriah's. But they tried to get Uriah to come, and Uriah said, I'm a faithful army. I'm a faithful soldier in the army of David. I'm not coming home. David said, make him come home. Uriah came home, didn't even sleep in the house with his wife. He slept on the outside. Send me back to war. David said, man, this plan not going to work. Y'all do know that one sin leads to another sin. He, he told the captain, well, put Uriah back in the battle. This time, won't you put him in the front line? Then I want everybody to withdraw back. He killed Uriah. David said, he's dead now, so phew, that, that problem is gone. But see, what happens is that when you come to church, things will help straighten you out. He got the church, and the preacher said, David, what do you think about a man who had 100 sheep? He owned 100 sheep, and there was a man over there who only had one sheep. He went and stole the man's one sheep, even though he had a hundred. David, what should be done to a man like that? He should die. The preacher said, you the man. That's about the only time I want anybody to tell me I'm the man when, it's, when a conviction is going on, when, when a case is going, when you didn't call the case and they looking for somebody, you don't want them to say, that's the man. David, you're the man that has taken Uriah's wife and God's going to hold you accountable. That's when David goes to Psalm 51. Lord, Lord, just forgive my sin. Remove my blood. And he asked God to wash him and, and he repented. And how God looked at that situation only as a footnote in the other one million things he did right. And because David did that, there were generational blessings that followed. Even when his grandson, great-grandson Abijah didn't live right and do right, and he was influenced. And, you know, and, and see, Abijah was influenced by two unrighteous parents. They had a son, Abijah did, by the name of Asa. And the Bible said he reigned 41 years and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. When God sends a blessing and God watches over a lineage, everybody not going to go to church, but somebody going to end up hanging out and doing what God wants them to do. All I'm saying today, everybody sitting here is in the lineage of generational blessings a generational curses. And where you stand affects generations that's going to come after you. It ain't about you. When people say, I can just do what I want, be what I want to do, and do, you can't do that. Because your actions affect generations that are coming and generations that are around you. When God blesses us, when God sends blessings down, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Stand this morning, if you will, right now. I think I've Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm having a rough landing, but it's all right. I just want the people of God to hear today the story of Rehoboam and also Jeroboam. The man that ticked God off, he took everybody out. But the man that loved God, David, he kept blessing generation after generation. Even if, even if you are faithful and, and your children don't do right, God going to still send them a blessing. 
There's somebody down the line going to get a blessing and walk back with God. This morning, if you're here today, don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sin, never been baptized for mission of your sin, that's how you get generational blessings. You do everything you can to walk with God, talk with God, live with God. It's just not a Sunday morning thing. It's an everyday thing. Somebody that comes to God must believe that he is, that he is the Savior, that he is, that he wants to wash away your sins. Believe that with all your heart. Be willing to make the promise. We call it repentance, that you're going to walk with God the rest of your life. Confess his holy name this morning. We'll baptize you for the remission of your sins. For somebody else, it's prayer time. It's time to get back right with God. It's time that our sins can just be an asterisk before God. We must confess them before God and ask him to bless us through whatever we're going through. And for somebody else, it's prayer time because you're going through a battle. You're going through a struggle. But I want you to know that the God we serve is willing to bless his children no matter what they're going through. Whatever your need may be, why don't you come as we sing the song prepared for invitation? All to Jesus I surrender all to him.